The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Today on the show, we're going to talk about some stories of the weeks, some top stories. Um, we've got a great article that was put out in uh, the Globe and Mail, which we'd like to push back on. A gentleman um, at the Globe and Mail is talking about uh, why he says no to gold and uh and Just his reasons, no. and Just we're gonna no. we're gonna talk about some of those reasons and why we think he's incorrect. So stay tuned for that. Um, coming up in the show, we're also gonna talk about some of the big heavyweights that are moving into the precious metals market, and of course some Q and A. We've got some Q and A from from our clients. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. Joining me today is Jerry Karaya. Jerry, how was your week? Busy, Jeremy, but I feel good. It was a good week. How was yours? It was great. One of the things that was really great about it is, as you know, Jerry, over the course of definitely the last year, maybe even a little bit more than that, I've noticed that the people who were coming into the office and the people that we were speaking to felt alone in, in, in what their thoughts were. Um, you know, we, we do deal in fundamentals and part of the fundamentals in our market is, you know, supply and demand on gold and silver, inflation or dollar devaluation leading to inflation. And of course, geopolitics, which is which comes out of all of this money printing and the lack of trust that happens and what kind of geopolitics can, can come out of that. And so I've noticed over the last year, people really want to talk about that. They want to talk about what's going on with um, with the pandemic. They want to talking about what's going on with the government. And they felt very separated from a lot of people. True. And that's why I think many, 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 many Canadians are very excited about the Truckers Convoy. And it's been great to hear it on mainstream radio in many respects. It's something that they're talking about. And uh, there's a lot of things talking. So I thought I would just quickly share some of my my points about it, sort of my personal takeaways. And then, of course, uh, you let me know mm-hmm. if, uh, what yours are as well. Interesting. Um, so again, one of the things is just the fact that people have really, again, in our business, they felt alone from their families. They don't want to talk about things. They can see how the mainstream is treating it. And I think that they finally have a voice. And that's one of the things that's great. Like even watching um, mainstream, uh, listening to the, the talking to the government and, and journalists talking, it just seems that everyone has a lot more courage and a lot more voices coming forward. And that togetherness is really encouraging that voice. Now, the other thing is that I think there's going to be people out there who want to demonize this, that they're going to say that they that these truckers are the reasons for empty shelves and the reasons for inflation and try to put things onto this movement. Would right. you agree with that? I would agree. Are you already seeing that? I'm already there, yeah. So I want to push back on that a little bit to say that's not the case. The government chose to lock everything down time and time again and move the needle back and forth and keep moving moving the goalposts. And they're the ones who put the printing presses into overtime. And what got fixed? We talk about it every week on the Mm -hmm. show. Where Mm -hmm. did all the money go? Where did the money go? Where did the money go? Right? How, no wonder people are are distrustful of the government. So the other thing is also that this, this, there is a global response to this, which is amazing. Again, most people, they're watching mainstream, they don't see it. 
we're on we're on some of the alternative places, whether it's on on Rumble or Telegram, and you can see what the world is saying. And they're really excited by what the Canadians are doing. Mm-hmm. Super excited. And it's right. getting incredible uh, incredible time. Like, you know, Fox is talking about it. But, you know, my wife, who speaks to her aunt in Boston, her aunt just keeps sending her stuff about wow. this convoy. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it really has gone global. It's igniting more than just Canadians in, in, in that sense. Now, my other uh, my other note on this is that it's showing that because everyone's coming together on this globally, it's also showing that globally trust in governments is at an all-time mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that this means different things to different people, um, but they, but one thing is for sure that everyone who is taking part of this is in unison as a Canadian, right? and that they are all feeling to some extent whatever their reason is, is that the government is out of touch, and that it's interesting now that the prime minister is hiding essentially. Um, And that that does say a lot about the panic Mm -hmm. that's setting in on this. Mm -hmm. What are your some of your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's it's definitely um, uh, the fruit of years of pressure. We've been through so much pressure as Canadians, as citizens in the world, uh, being pressured into uh, literally the corner. And when you corner citizens, we band together. And this is a time in, in, in society, in the world, that it's a very refreshing thing that we can actually unite on. Um, even uniting on what, what the Premier, Premier Doug Ford, mentioned a, f- a few times, how important uh, the truckers are and how, uh, you know, how we should be honoring and thanking the truckers for their duty and for their, for their work. So we stand on that and definitely have to be in a, in a place of gratitude and, and being, being thankful for for everything that we have, including the food that we have to eat, the freedoms that we have. And, you know, this is a, certainly a very refreshing time. It looks like it's going to be escalating over the weekend. I have some friends who are actually in, in the forest who are going to uh, Ottawa. So our thoughts and prayers with them. And, um, you know, we don't want this to turn out like a, another uh, January 6th, where there is a lot of um, a, a lot of agent provocateurs and, and behind-the-scenes wolves uh, in this, so you have to be very wise in this time, and 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 obviously anti-violence number one thing. We n- we don't condone violence here at Guildhall. This is not about that. This is about freedom, and and standing on our for our rights. And uh, we want to see where this goes. So look, it, it's a great movement. We we're we're, we're in support. Um, let's move on to the Fed. The Fed is trapped. They uh, ra- you know if they raise rates, they'll kill the economy. If they uh, go the easy way out and print money. It's going to print the dollar into oblivion. Agreed? 100%. So that's that's another big one. Jerry, you've brought some quick news on what happened at the Fed this week. So the prospect of the Federal Reserve rate hike continues to rattle Wall Street. On Wednesday, the Central Bank of the U.S., the Federal Reserve, and Powell signal that it will raise its benchmark funds rate for the first time in three years, uh, likely at its March policy meeting. Many folks thought it would actually have been on Wednesday, but they they um, they balked at that notion. Uh, but um, policymakers noticed that in, noted that inflation is running well above the target, and also claimed a strong labor market justifies a degree of monetary tightening. And quote here's a quote from <clears throat> Jerome Powell over the, over that meeting. He says there's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market, he said. 
and he also added wages are moving up at the highest pace they have had in decades. But this is false. Price inflation overall is moving up at a high at the highest pace in decades. This is true. This is fact. But wages have certainly been rising in nominal terms as well. But in real terms, wages are lagging behind. The Labor Department in the U.S. reported earlier this month that average how hourly earnings for all employees decreased 2.4% on an annual basis through December when adjusting for purchasing powers. So in other words, wages aren't keeping up with inflation. So it's hitting us. It's hitting the, the everyday folk here. Yeah, you know, there was a, a video I was watching that was showing from a Fred chart um, from Rafi Faber. He does a weekly report. It's fantastic oh, on Arcadia Economics, um, showing about uh, the dollar was being printed at a rate of 12% a year and eight over the last couple of years, $8 trillion went directly um, through payments to consumers, not banks. And this is on the Fred charts that, wow. that show the what's going on at, at the Fed. So this went directly into consumers banks, which means of course, prices are going to rise because they're not going to they're not going to go into the stock market with that they're going to buy food and, and those such things. So that's part of that. Now, here's, here's the thing that we need to watch over the course of this year. Last year, the Fed got it completely wrong that, that, that inflation was transitory. They got it completely wrong. Mm -hmm. So why are we going to believe that all of a sudden they've got enough run, runway to raise interest rates, to lower their balance sheet without things going really wrong? You know, we have to wonder what will happen when the taper doesn't work and what will happen when these inflation rates don't work. We have to people, go there. People mm -hmm. think that, oh, uh, well... No context to anything. Gold sucks. It did nothing last year. Okay, but don't forget, there was a whole year spent on saying inflation was transitory. You just hold on. Now that's out the window. And now it's, okay, Fed, let's see what you really can cook, what can really happen. Right. Now let's see what gold does, which, by the way, was up something like close to 50% or 45% over a two-year period, and it only gave back 4%. So mm -hmm. um, Fed's trapped. That's a problem. Yeah, it's just rattling everything right now. So as we're seeing a, a big pullback in the metals markets, the only thing up right now is the U.S. dollar index. Everything is getting getting hit and, and getting rocked uh, and heading into bear territory, it looks like, for the stock market. The uh, Russell 2000 erased all gains from last year. The S&P and the Dow Industrials uh, go from co correction to collapse uh, right now especially when measured against real assets like gold and silver. Although gold and silver right now haven't yet posted any, any big gains in this type of environment, they are significantly right now outperforming the stock market so far this year. So we got to keep an eye on this. Definitely short-term stuff, but we have to refocus on the medium term. And, al sure. and also, in, in over the course of this week, anyone watching the press, prices of gold and silver have seen that they are down. They have been moved down into options expiry, which happens, uh, I guess, today is the last day, uh, being Friday as we record the show. Um, I would kind of tend to like to call this show uh, How I've Learned to Stop Worrying About the Dip and Love the Panic, Jerry, because hmm, right. uh, I, anyone who's been in this market long enough knows that these are panic moves to try to get this price down below a certain level so that they don't, they don't end up on the wrong side of their short position in these markets. So s paper smash, okay, it Buy didn't the change the physical market because physical, um, physical premiums are, continue to rise. Um, we're seeing backwardation, which tight. means the future price is lower than the price today. That's showing a lack of physical supply. And there's been huge inflows into the, into the gold and silver ETFs. In the gold ETF alone, there was a million ounces in one week. So ask yourself, why are inflows up while the price is down? 
Don't panic. Buy the dip. There is a limit to this because this is a physical market. It's not equities. Gold and silver can't go to zero. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Stick around in the next segment. We're going to uh, talk about a Globe and Mail article that he says, why I just say no to gold and crypto. Let's find out what his reasons are and see if they make sense. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. It's AM640. This is The Real Money Show. And we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you're looking to acquire some physical silver or gold for the first time, please go to our e-store. It's guildhallpreciousmetals.com. That's guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You can pick up tube of silver maples, a 10-ounce bar of silver, kilo bar of silver, some one-ounce bars of gold if you'd like. It's a great place to start, great place to get your feet wet. Acquire some physical, get it into your hands, start to understand that this is an actual asset. It's real money. So, Jerry, um, a friend of mine sent me an article this week um, that was written by John Heinzel uh, at the Globe and Mail titled, Why I Just Say No to Gold and Crypto. And it came out on January 21st. Juicy, juicy article. I, I brought it to your attention because I thought this is a great I push, it. pushback article. So let's go, let's go paragraph by paragraph and uh, see what he has to say. And let's get the opinion of the gold guys. Now, first, let's give a little bit of background on John Heisel. He's um, a journalist. Right. Um, he has a master in journalism. And he has his, what, securities license? Is that uh, right? Yeah, the Canadian Se- Securities Course. Okay. So, um, and he has a book that he sometimes makes public, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that something like that? And right? he's, a, he's a dividend portfolio that people track. Yeah, he's a true kind of equities investor person. Dividend stocks, okay. yeah. Um, here we go. He says, I constantly hear ads on the radio suggesting that investors should buy gold. Hmm. Radio. Oh, maybe, maybe ours, <laughs> maybe not. Um, especially in uncertain times. What do you think is a prudent amount of gold to hold in your portfolio? His answer, I'm not a fan of gold for a couple of reasons. First, it generates no cash flow, which isn't which makes it inherently speculative. Okay, hold hold the phone. Let's just talk about that. Jerry, gold generates no dividends. Why? Cuz gold is uh gold is money, so that's what uh, that's what you get when you convert out of currency into another currency like a hard asset like gold and silver. They offer no yield, but what it does offer is zero risk. It's a zero risk asset. So it was classified by the Basel III rules uh, out of Switzerland, BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, that has reclassified gold to become tier one capital, which is money equals zero risk capital. I love it. For me, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. At the end of the day, anything that gives you interest or dividend means that there's a counterparty risk. It means that you are an investor. Gold is not an investment. Gold is money. That's why it doesn't pay a dividend because it is low risk. Think about stocks. The lowest risk stock has the lowest dividend. The highest risk will have a higher dividend. So just follow that way. If you have cash in the bank, you're getting an interest rate of less than what? Half a percent, less than 1%. So with gold, yes, you don't get a yield because it's money. It's not a fiat currency and there's no counterparty risk. Now he goes on to say, the only way to make money on gold is to sell it 
to a greater fool who will pay you more for it. Greater fools. Greater mm-hmm. fools. I didn't know that central banks – now, we, we often criticize the Fed. You I, have to. I will say that. But central banks have been net buyers of gold since 2008. Mm. Why? <laughs> why? Are they why. are they all just fools? Are they all just buying? Are they all just buying a relic? Why would they own these things? Well, the U.S. owns approximately unaudited, of course. Since well, what, that's 1952. Another, that's another topic. Eight thousand tons of gold, and they hold it entirely outside. And this is physical. We're not talking about proxy. Physical gold entirely outside of the banking system. The purpose of why central banks need gold is two things. They need the ease of global liquidity and independence from currencies and financial institutions. So when you have gold, you do not have an issue of illiquidity mar- illiquid markets. Gold, market cap-wise, it is number one globally, largest market in the world. You will never, never have an issue globally. Transparent prices traded around the clock uh, over the, across the world's financial hubs from Zurich to Switzerland to Australia to New York. It's traded around the clock. And you're not going to have an ice, uh, an ice nine event when everyone tries to head to the door with the best stocks. You can't get out of the stock market. With gold, you'll never get caught. You're never cornered. He who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah, I think when there's, when there's a panic in the market, that's when you find out, do you really own something or not? And when, if you have stocks they can go to zero. We've had gold funds that went to zero. Default. They just, they just said, we're going to give you the cash. Um, but in the case of physical gold, it doesn't disappear. The other thing I find interesting just on the very first portion of this article is that he's drawing this comparison of it's gold or nothing, equities or nothing. Like there's no room to, to diversify, mm-hmm. right? Which is, which is what gold is all about. The idea is to have something that is negatively correlated to the dollar and all of your equities are positively correlated to the dollar. So it doesn't matter how much you're diversified in a stock portfolio. If you don't have something that's negatively correlated to the dollar, you're not actually truly diversified. So I find it interesting that he's kind of drawing this sort of quietly drawing a line that it's either gold or nothing, right? right. It's very, it's very extreme. It's dangerous. Let's move on. Second, um, uh, John Heinzel goes on. And by the way, I don't have anything against John Good Heinzel. Guy. Good guy. Good uh, guy. You know, his portfolio is probably amazing. But mm-hmm. we're, we're just uh, Very pushing smart. back on, on the particular comments on gold. Uh, second, uh, gold has, as he says, has been a lousy long-term performer. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, and I don't appreciate the cherry picking. <laughs> for, for, the, for the 10 years that ended January 20, price per ounce rose 10.6% in U.S. dollars, or just 1% on a compound annual basis. After adjusting for inflation, gold's real value has fallen over that period. In fact, it's lower today than it was back in 1980. Okay, here's the thing. Gold over the last 20 years in Canadian dollars is up 400%. Average, that's 20% a year. In the last 20 years alone, gold has had four down years. Only one was double digits, and the other ones were quite small by comparison. So if I'm going to hold an asset whose on whole goes up every year and multiple double digits at that, I would have to say that... Someone cherry-picked these numbers. Mm-hmm. And of course, if I only bought gold at the very top of the market 
in 2011, which was a very narrow window over a 20 year period, then of course I could sit here and say, well, if I bought it there and I'm, and I'm holding it today, I'm down. Okay, but not in Canadian dollars, because let me tell you something. I bought gold at the high in, in, in 2011. It was trading at $1,900 an ounce, and we were at par. <laughs> and today, the price of gold in Canadian dollars is $2,300 an ounce. Mm -hmm. So this is cherry picking numbers to make gold look bad. And again, if, you're in holding, if you've been holding gold for the last 20 years, you're up 400%. And you know what, you know, this type of narrative, I mean, smart, smart guys, diversification is the name of the game right now, especially when we have the, the hike scenario coming up, we're going to be facing three or four interest rate hikes. And gold investors do not fear these hikes. As we mentioned the last week on the show, gold goes up during interest rate hike cycles. And even when they fail, when they start dropping interest rates because of the policy failure, gold then continues to thrive in price. But the bottom line is investors who are well positioned in hard assets really don't fear the Fed policies. But those who cling exclusively to dollar denominated financial assets like these, they should be very afraid, Jeremy. Okay, let's let's keep I, I agree, by the way, thank you. I'm just eager to move on. And yeah, we have this, to we uh, have a lot of okay, stuff on our so, desk. Um, next section, gold supposed value as an inflation hedge and safe haven in times of turmoil are common reasons people cite for buying it. Yes, I would agree. Sure. But the facts tell another story. Even during a pandemic and with the U.S. economy currently experiencing its highest inflation rate in 40 years, the price of gold has basically flatlined over the last 12 months. Again, um, John, thanks for cherry picking those numbers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on you a little bit on that because in 2019, um, I'll give both Canadian and U.S. numbers. In 2019, gold was up 13% which was way beyond inflation. In fact, you would have to go all the way back to 2013 before you saw a down year in gold in, uh, in Canadian dollars. And every year after that, you had uh, one, two, three, four, five years of single digits, which were above inflation. Then you had 13% in 2019, 22% in 2020, and the market only is off 5% off of that. So you have a 35% increase over a a two-year period, we're only a month into 2022, and a 5% pullback. Yeah. I would say 35% over a two-year period definitely beats inflation. Now, here where he's, here's where he's dead wrong. You don't buy insurance after the fire. You have to have it before the fire. Case in point, Brexit. In 2016, gold went up 30% in British pounds. Mm -hmm. Gold didn't go up. It's that the pound lost 30% against a basket of goods. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't wait till the Brexit vote came through to then buy, to then buy gold. No. You either Absolutely. owned it or you didn't. You either had insurance or you didn't. Now, if you were holding insurance for the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, you're ahead on inflation. Mm -hmm. So it's done its job. Right. If you had gold in 2016 in British pounds, you maintained your purchasing power. If you've had gold for the last two years, guess what? You've maintained your purchasing power. Now, if you're going to try to guess the market and figure out when to get on the gold train, then yeah, you could probably draw a case that this would be a losing, mm -hmm. a, a losing game. And it's a matter of being diversified. I mean, we talk about insurance. There has never been 
a more important time to have wealth insurance than today. We have so many geopolitical risks. Uh, part of the reasons why uh, you know certain entities are buying gold is for black swan events. You never know when that Brexit can happen. You never know when that war can break out, potentially in Russia and the Baltic region or around the Middle East. But I digress. This is not a time to not be diversified. This is diversification 101, to be a negatively correlated asset. Um, but inflation, it was a topic that you know started last, uh, really to become the major headline a couple years ago, and which put me on a journey to you know what are these financial plans? Because it's very important for me to not just listen to the gold guys as we're batting these, this article and uh, you know John Heinzel's work. Uh, it's not a matter of that. We really appreciate the work, and especially we're not criticizing his no. his ability to perform and make money in the market. We're simply pointing out that. His attitudes towards gold are, are inaccurate, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of his facts are inaccurate. And there's some cherry picking going on to make gold into a bad light. And so we're, we're just pushing back on that. And so does Seth, Seth Levin. Uh, he's a CFA, so he's a chartered financial analyst. Um, he did an article last year on how gold has, quote unquote, lost its inflation luster. And he started off by saying, uh, gold may the changes in gold may have happened because of the type of interest rate environment we're in. For example, he mentions Artemis Capital Management, a study that found that gold has outperformed the stock market on a price appreciation basis over the past 48 years since Nixon delinked U.S. dollar-based convertibility in '71. Their ideal portfolio contains an allocation of the Barbaris metal due to its large uncorrelated return. He writes, gold also plays a store of value role in portfolios, performing best when, and this is the key here, when real yields are negative and declining. Jerry, let's keep on this topic because I think this is a a great way to, to help people understand that this isn't gold versus equities. This is about how both can work together, but ultimately that that gold in many ways is obviously misunderstood and that it shouldn't be something that is um, seen to be as negative, that it can be a positive thing as part of your portfolio. So the number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's AM640. It's The Real Money Show. And we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And we're talking about an article titled, Why I Just Say No to Gold and Crypto. Um, this came out in the Globe and Mail. And just before we went to break, Jerry, you were talking about how gold works in a portfolio coming from a CFA versus uh, this this journalist, which just has, a, I guess, a securities license. Why point out that difference? Well, for those in finance know uh, the difficulties of achieving the um, CFA charter, becoming a charter holder is a very difficult uh, pursuit. Um, a lot of people fail. A lot of people make it. So I, I found Seth Seth's work at in, integratinginvestor.com very helpful. He's also, he holds a, a Bachelor of Science degree in, and, uh, me, in mechanical engineering from Cornell, and he's a CFA. So he's a great writer, and he talks about 
the view of how gold has changed uh, versus uh, versus inflation. It's not a perfect correlation, which is some some writers like uh, John Heinz will point out, but it has changed throughout the years. And the it and how it performs today, it, it performs when real yields are negative negative and declining. A real yield is an asset's return excluding the impact of inflation. It's commonly calculated by subtracting the inflation rate from a notional government bond yield. Negative yield implies that this return is an illusionary on the stock markets, on the stocks. Inflation is eroding investors' value, he writes. Uh, but So in, in other words, what we're talking about is saying if, a, if, if the government says inflation's at 4%, but real-world inflation is at 8%. Nominally, you're losing 4%. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be gaining at least 8% to just be zero. To break even. Right. So you have to be making much higher gains than that over a period of time, dividends included, to, to be breaking even with real-world inflation. Yeah, and the CFA writes further just to close out. Many people invested in gold for its inflation protection benefits. Uh, history is riddled with governments inflating their currency for personal gains. Gold ownership has been a dependable defense against such thefts. And he writes, to conclude, gold still enhances investment portfolios. It's, it has some price volatility, but uncorrelated returns, which are attracted, attractive features to some. And it still protects against inflation by virtue of its utility value as money, jewelry. And in, my, in his opinion... Uh, he has identified, even though how gold has changed its inflation protection, he, quite frankly, uh, realized that his investment thesis was antiquated, and now he can see how gold can make his and his client's portfolio shine. So contrasting these two financial professionals away from the gold guys, I mean, it's nice to hear from us, but at the same time, we have to couple it with the mainstream with financial guys, and this guy has it head on. So you have a you have two financial guys. One's pro fine, one's pro gold. One's one's anti gold. Let's continue with this article. I think this is also another interesting point. Um, uh, in the article, quote: Yes, there are periods when gold has shined. Anyone can spot these rallies in hindsight by looking at the gold price chart. But good luck identifying them ahead of time. The same goes for investing in Bitcoin or any other myriad of cryptocurrencies that are now being hawked on TV commercials during hockey games alongside, not coincidentally, ads for sports betting sites. Okay, here's something interesting. First, I'm going to break down this, this, this uh, paragraph. First, the, the, the natural connection of, of comparing gold to cryptos. Okay, cryptos did a whole lot of appropriation at the beginning, right? It's mining, it's coins, um, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of these type of things, they actually pictured a gold coin for to represent crypto. Um, but at the end of the day, look, there were lots of bands out there that had mop tops. It didn't make them the Beatles. Yeah. Um, the difference is, is that you can bury an ounce of gold in the ground for thousands of years, pull it out of the ground, and it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can melt it, for very low cost and change it into something else. Cryptocurrencies are not considered money, they're considered currencies. Money is a store of value, currencies are what you use to buy different goods, mm-hmm. right? It's a method of exchange. Yes. So there's a difference there, but I think he got caught in the trap of comparing the two. Now what's also interesting as well is this idea of drawing this concept of 
being lucky to identify when the market's going to move. Well, is he buying and selling every day? Does he hold Brookfield assets as an example, and he buys and sells it and waits for the big move? No, I doubt it. No, I bet he's holding on to these things for a very long time and perhaps buying on the dips to improve his position. And then maybe once it's moved quite ahead, maybe he's lightening up the load. Right. But I doubt he's speculating in that sense. Maybe he's got a portion of the portfolio that he does that with. Maybe that's yeah. a great idea. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to do some fast trades on this. But that's not what gold is. Gold is something that you should always have 10, 15 percent of hold of. Mm -hmm. So that if you if the market dips, you do buy more. If the market goes up, you, you lighten the load. And if you're just sticking with the 15% of your portfolio, then if gold doubles in value, then you have you a reason to, to sell. Mm -hmm. And if the price goes down, you have a reason to buy. Mm -hmm. what, what, do you, what do you think, Jerry? Do you think, do you think this is just, you know, is, is gold just a matter of luck? Absolutely not. It's not a matter of luck. It's a matter of being prepared. And historically, gold has been that asset class that you just pass on. And our clients want that. They want to be able to own something that is tangible and easy to pass on privately. Privacy is a very important topic that comes up a lot with us, and we understand it very much so. We are you know, encroaching, and we're, we're, we are seeing, we're feeling the encroachment left, right, and center, Jeremy. And to have something that you can simply pass on, even sell, um, and buy a uh, drop of a phone call, you won't have any issues. But the relation between Bitcoin and gold, I think it has proven itself to be two different things. So uh, just despite, you know, I do believe that there is a, is a future on the blockchain. What it looks like, it looks like it's going to be different. The IMF came out and started warning that uh, this crypto route could lead to a systemic risk and a systemic crisis. And in times of systemic crisis, you need to have that uncorrelated asset, and that has to be gold. And, you know, the fact that he's drawn this comparison to one that gold has an intrinsic value. Again, bury it in the ground thousands of years, pull it up, it's the same, mm -hmm. right? Um, it, that's money. That's intrinsic value. The fact that you can do things with it, etc. Crypto, no, it's a value comes from people believing in the value and the, the working of the system, right? People being on the network. Um, but that the fact that they've confused the two is something that I think a lot of people have confused. Mm -hmm. And and we don't know, you know, gold has a thousand years of, of experience of hedging against inflation and cryptos have yet to show that. So, you know, in our mind, one is, one's a currency, one's money. Uh, gold can be a currency, but it's more used for, for store of wealth today as money. And, you know, currencies have their purpose and cryptos are outside the purview of central banks. And I think since everyone is, is very low trust of governments and banking systems, that there becomes a use case for that. We'll see where the prices go. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back talking about how to get involved in the physical metal market and also dealing with some uh, Q&As from clients and people interested in getting in the market. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Okay, so you're listening to the last segment and you said, yeah, you know what, these guys have a point. Maybe I should have some physical precious metals in my portfolio. But what we do is much different than if you were to buy 
an equity version of physical gold, whether it's a gold back fund or a pool account. Jerry, can you explain the difference between what we have within our registered accounts versus if someone were to just buy like an ETF or something? Right. So it's direct ownership. And what that is, it's applying the ownership, just like a vehicle has a VIN number on it. Every single bar that is put into these accounts have a serial number on it, a very unique serial number. And we, what we do is we title that bar, specific serial number, to you, the owner, not to us, not to the, any trust, not to Questrade, not to Guildhall. It's directly to you. So that is direct ownership. And you know you, you can go visit that product. You can audit that product. Ultimately, you can take delivery of it. So that is what we do. And again, we believe in allocated segregated storage, fully insured, underwritten by Lloyds of London. So it's safety. The safety is assured. Liquidity is assured. Uh, but what is also assured is often overlooked is that we hold the gold and we don't believe in holding the gold, gold in the bank because it should be independent from the banking system and the financial system. It needs to be decoupled and independent from that. So we hold it entirely in a depository, similar to the way of the U.S. holding their gold at Fort Knox or West Point without the military. <laughs> so so someone would come in, we would help them open an account with Questrade. They would be the, the custodian of the registered account. So they would be the ones issuing your tax receipt if you're, if you're making a contribution to your RSP, um, those sorts of things. But when it comes to actually purchasing the product, the product is purchased uh, through Guildhall, held in a, a vault outside the banking system and held independently on in the client's own sub account. Right. Now, Jerry, t two questions. One, can the can they just take their product home? Or also, if they decide to just close out the RSP, can they just take their product home? Yeah. So sure. one, can I can I have an RSP but store the product at, on my own? No, uh, unfortunately not. It needs to be held in an IROC approved vault a vault that is approved to hold assets for registered plans in Canada and IRAs in the States. It has to be approved um, because simply there is no way of controlling. I mean, the CRA wants to know where these assets are and there's nothing that, that will stop you from giving it away or selling it on the street. So you need to have it in an approved vault. So it, no, you can't uh, take it home, but you ultimately can. You can if you decide on you know what, I'm not feeling these RSPs. I want to have my, my gold home. I'd rather pay the withholding tax now and worry about gold going up in the future. I have, we have clients that are taking delivery, yes. Yeah, so, and then the way that works is, is that if you want to take delivery of your physical gold, if you're not at the point where it's converted to a RIF or a LIF, which is an income fund, then withholding taxes would apply. And you'd have to pay those withholding taxes from within the account, but then you could remove the product, quote unquote, in kind. So you'd remove the value in the form of the physical product and you would have you would get delivery of that and take it home. So it's your product, you purchased it. If you decided to pay withholding tax, you could take delivery of that physical product. If it's in a TFSA, there's no withholding tax. So if you decided at some point down the road, you know what, I own this this product, I own these, you know, this thousand ounces of silver, 10, 100 ounce bars, or I own this 15 one ounce bars of gold, here's my serial numbers, and I decide I want to take it home, we, we would provide a letter of direction, you'd sign the letter of direction, we'd submit it to Questrade, and then they'd send you a quote for what it's going to cost to ship it. And then you would get what you receive would be the bars with those serial numbers on it, and that would be that. Mm -hmm. So you could take delivery of the physical product. Now, why would people want to be, at this moment in time, take delivery of their gold, Jeremy? 
in your what are you experiencing these days? You know, when it comes to the TFSA, we've only had a handful of people take delivery from the TFSA, and it was usually people who liked the idea of the TFSA at the beginning and purchased a small quantity of metals, but then decided that, you know what, I kind of went backwards. I should have started small and then built up to the TFSA. And so they thought, man, you know what, I I can store this amount at home, right? So I've seen that. There were two clients when COVID first hit in March of, of 2021, no, 2020, 2020, thank you, and um, where they the panic set in, right? And they just thought, you know what? I'm happy to pay the government. I want this product in my, in my home um, or in my own storage, self-storing. And uh, we got it done. We got, even, with all the, even with all the restriction and everything that was going on, it, it took about two weeks to get the product from, from the day we decided to make the move to them receiving their product. And so mm-hmm. it was a bit longer than maybe usual, but still within two weeks they had the product at home. So yeah. um, we haven't seen – yeah, people don't really do it. But you know what they do do, which is really exciting, is the riff and lift withdrawals. So every year when you have to take out 5% tax-free, a lot of people are deciding to just remove the product in kind because they're not ready to sell it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good opportunity, I think, even to hold the gold. Of course, you don't want to sell right now. This is the beginning of a new uh, new bull cycle here. And, you know, for especially those clients who are, you know, 40, 50 years old, they're going to be becoming a riff in about 20 years. You know, do you really want to take Canadian dollars or any dollar in the future? What does that really look like? So you're guaranteed the gold in the future. You can even request, I want to take bar number XYZ, and you're getting that bar. So it's very specific. I have a client taking delivery today uh, for his riff, so he's very happy to be able to do that. Yeah, J- December and January is very busy very. With, with the riff withdrawals. Okay, uh, let's talk about institutions. We're starting to see some heavyweights going heavy on gold. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just yesterday, legendary billionaire co-founder of the $65 billion hedge fund GMO has come out calling for a 50% crash in U.S. shares. And Goldman Sachs calling trouble ahead and recommending gold as a key investment right now. You heard it, Goldman Sachs. Now, who is is this legend? 83-year-old Grantham last week came out saying he expects the S&P will plunge by 50% and no amount of Federal Reserve intervention could prevent it. The horse has bolted. He believes the U.S. now is in the midst of its fourth ever super bubble, joining 1929, 2000, and 2008. And also, Wall Street giant Goldman Sachs has just come out bullish on gold. They actually revised their gold forecast from about 2050 to 2100 to 2500 for the safe haven. And they're always very, very conservative on those numbers. They always lowball. Uh, you know, they need to keep the money in the institutions. So they want people fleeing the institutions like what we're seeing today. But these are really big in times of this, you know, this knee jerk reaction in the market, you know, metals go down, everything's going down period, very temporarily. At the same time, Goldman Sachs is revising upwards. And I, I definitely am going bullish, even more bullish on gold more I, than ever before. I truly believe this pullback in the market is panic. They're trying to get out of the short positions. This is the perfect time to buy. The physical market is super tight. Premiums are rising. The market is going to explode. It's only a matter of time before people stop believing the, the new narrative on the Fed. And at that point, people are going to be moving into precious metals in a huge, huge way. The question is going to be, will it be available? Give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My 
My name is Jeremy Wiseman, joined by Jerry Karai. It's been great to speak to speak with you this week. Can't wait to speak to you again next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.